Join Ian Garnick as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world, reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future, and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, we've got a deep marketing podcast. We're going to talk AI, financial institutions, change, infecting change, affecting change, the difference between financial anxiety and financial stress, the health toll of financial stress, transforming financial beliefs, IQ versus AQ versus EQ, and which you really need, bridging the gap between education and action, why financial brands have to, have to what they have to do before they can harness AI, financial problems, why they're not looking for a hero and what you need to do instead, the perspective that will change your financial marketing for the better, and where we can beat AI, the power of the mere exposure effect, the power of honoring attention, not just gravient, and all of this with James Robert Lay. James, say hi. Hey, good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, wherever <laughs> you might be right now. <laughs> and James and I are going to talk about all of this. It's an amazing, deep episode. There's a lot of big thoughts in here. I think everyone should listen to it, even if you're not a financial institution. But if you are a financial leader, you need to listen to this. All this on the next Garlic Marketing Show. But of course, this is brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. One of the things we're going to talk about is helping to lead the way. And the best way to lead the way is through your customer stories. Learn how to collect, craft, and deliver them on video through VideoCaseStory.com. All right, let's get started. And I love your setup. It's always cool when someone has a really good podcast setup. I'm like, I need one of those screens behind you. This has become an invaluable asset. It is oh. It is really at the heart of kind of everything that we do. It's a communication tool. Oh. It's just a different way of communicating in a digital world, communicating ideas. And I think the first thing when we're talking about change and transformation, people have to see things from a different perspective and a different point of view. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Especially this day and age when there's so much noise. And I think the noise is going to be getting louder and louder with AI. Yeah. And you're going to have to stand out more and more. Before you had to battle just babies and boobs, and now you have to battle AI. That's right. That's right. That's a great example. Let me throw the cat in there, cat video. I usually say cats, babies, and boobs. <laughs> That's it, man. Cats, yeah. And But now, but here's the thing, and I think we're entering in such an interesting period. What is real? Yeah. Because yeah. if we think about this digital channel and the potential for it, there's a lot of positive, but there's a lot, a lot of also unknowns. And I think it's the unknowns that hold people back from leaning in to this space. What we need is we need, we really need humanity to enter into this conversation. People, yeah. I think, are going to understand. They're going to know. They're going to have a gut feel of what am I watching? What am I reading? What am I hearing? And maybe people aren't aware of this just yet, but I think it's really more at a subconscious level, but I think it'll become more conscious. Is this real? Is this truth? Or is this just an AI bot controlling the system? Yeah, I mean, it, but it's good that I think, to your point, we're recognizing it because these bots have been out there for a long time. It's just that most people haven't seen them haven't touched them haven't felt them and i think chat gpt has allowed them to go oh 
Absolutely. I liken this to, you know, two inflection points in recent history. 1994 was the year that the internet reached the mass consciousness of humanity. And it's all about perspective and perspective is the sum of context and framing. I just did a workshop on this with, which with a bunch of financial brand leaders and I preface this. Okay. I want you to go back to 1994. Were you even alive back then? <laughs> and it was fascinating because some people were not born just yet. And so their whole perspective of what I was about to share was different than people who were, maybe they were elementary kids. Maybe they were in high school or just graduating. Maybe they were in college. Maybe they were 10 years into the working world at that point. But if we go back, how did we shop in 94? How did we bank in 94? Because July 5th, 1994 was the year, was the day actually that Bezos launched Amazon out of his garage and would really begin to transform shopping. Now, did it happen over time or did it happen overnight? It happened over time. Yeah. And then there was May 18th, 1995. That was the year that the Wells Fargo launched the first online banking platform. And everything early on is met with skepticism and is this quote unquote safe? But here we are again. History is repeating itself, but the difference is, I think the speed, because November 30th, 2022, that was the day that AI reached the mass consciousness of humanity. Like you said, these bots have been around, but now it's, it's here. You can't ignore it. And what are we going to do next? What's the opportunity? I, and what is the opportunity? Cause everyone's talking about there's opportunity. And then the other people are like, and the other, the news is obviously going, we got to be scared. We got to be scared. We got to be scared. Cause that's there's what the reason for that. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason to be scared, but there's also a reason it's bringing news brings it to people's attention. And when people are afraid, they can't, you, you can't find opportunity when you're afraid. In my sec, my, my book that I'm writing right now, banking on change, I'm actually addressing that when we look at news and we look at media and messaging. And once again, communication, I think, it's important to be mindful of what is being communicated. What are we investing our time in? What are we spending our energy on? What are we paying attention to? Is that elevating our minds? Is that elevating our consciousness? Or is that keeping us at a, trapped? And we're not able to see opportunity. There's a, one of the best books that I have read, and I've read a lot of books, but I highly recommend it now more than ever. It is in Napoleon Hill. And people say, oh, Napoleon Hill, it's Think and Grow Rich. I was like, that's what he's known for. Napoleon Hill wrote another book that was not published back when he wrote it. It's called Outwitting the Devil. Great book. It's a fantastic book. And I'm so happy that you're aware of this because it really changed my perspective about a lot of things. Once again, context and framing. So we flip it from fear-based to let's look for the opportunities objectively. Let's objectively look for opportunity. And I'm looking around right now, and one of the biggest opportunities that I see in the age of AI is to elevate humanity in multiple ways. You're in financial services. You're a leader. You're a lender. You have a lot of knowledge. You're an advisor. You have expertise. Money has not gotten any easier. I ask people, what does money mean to you? And they say all of these different terms. It's stressful. It's confusing it's overwhelming and i basically say money is just emotional and when we're talking about money and we're talking about finances and if we think about the emotive piece of money 
how are we showing up in people's lives? Yep. This is the opportunity to show up and be there for people when they have questions, when they have concerns, to guide them beyond those pains in the present moment to help get them to a bigger, better, brighter future. It, yeah, it's it seems like such a big idea, but it's just so simple. It really Especially is. When you think about like financial institutions and it, like they're so in charge of people's lives. A shutdown from a credit card can, I remember like something happened. I got fraud on one of my credit cards and it, I, I was traveling and all of a sudden I'm like, none of my credit cards were working. Yeah. And just, oh my God. And then I couldn't really get a hold of someone properly and speak to yeah. someone. And then it was like, folks, I'm out traveling. I need these to work so I can get around. Yeah. And it's just these moments where it's an opportunity to have been like, hey, we're here to help you. And make it a make it a great experience, or be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you have to press five. You have to press five again." You have to, you know? <laughs> what you're addressing is financial anxiety to yeah. a degree, and and I learned from Dr. Megan McCoy, who runs the Financial Therapy Association, the difference between financial anxiety and financial stress is when we're really like struggling to put food on the table, pay the bills. We're living really thin margins. On the flip side, I think there's a lot of financial anxiety right now for a multitude of reasons. But when we think about stress and we think about anxiety, the physical toll that takes on people, on their physical well-being, Stash.com did a study, and if my memory serves correct, about one out of every three people is losing sleep because of financial stress or anxiety, Wow, which is going to reverberate. So you have the physical aspect, you have the mental or the emotional aspect, and then you have this relational impact as well. And so this is the higher moral calling that I see, once again, opportunity to show up and be part of the conversation be part of the narrative, be part of the people's stories. Because right now, where are people turning to get answers? They're turning not to even Google anymore. And I think what I, it'd be interesting to have this conversation in a year or two. Are they going to be turning to chat GPT? And some mm -hmm. are. How does that play into all of this? Because now it really does lack all human emotion and human element. Because right now, 40% of Gen Z is going to TikTok for answers around money. And some of those, it's good advice, and some of it's not good advice. But if you think that you're at a bank, you're at a credit union, you're a lender, you're a leader, you're an advisor, where are you? Are you with the people or are you still in the, the tower thinking it's 1994 all over again? And it's not and the world. And that's the thing. The world has changed. Technology has changed the way that we shop. It's changed the competitive landscape. It's changed human behavior. Oh, yeah. No, it. I mean, it's changed human behavior. And but it's provide, like you said, all this opportunity to help. Yes. And I think that's where because I always got into I got into marketing because I'm like, if I love all the social justice stuff and I love to help people, I'm like, if you really want to help people, you've got to affect You've got to affect change in them. And the only way change. I think that you're going to affect change is through marketing. And not by selling stuff, but by changing their perception of how to do something, what to do something. Great point. Perception, once again, context and framing. 
and so for the last 21 years, I've been a digital anthropologist studying the intersection of marketing sales, technology, and human behavior. And when we think about what is marketing and really sells, and when you throw the technology aspect and the idea of quote unquote digital transformation, any type of transformation, digital, brand, cultural transformation, financial transformation, physical transformation, relational transformation, it all comes down to one thing. It's human transformation. Yep. Marketing is human transformation. I'm trying to influence a change of behavior to go from one brand to another, to make a different purchase decision. And there are really five different areas that we have to consider. And this is the deeper level conversation. And, and let's roll this back. Why do we do what we do? It's our belief system. It's our belief structure. And so when we're talking about things like money, by the age of seven, a person's financial life is set based upon the environment that they grew up in, based upon what they were hearing, what they were seeing in their little worldview. I'm, I don't want to use the word I'm a victim of that because I don't like that victim mentality. But for example, I grew up in a house, modest means, but the number one thing that I remember growing up from my parents, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. Can I have a Nintendo? No, we can't afford it. Can I have a Sega? No, we can't afford it. Can I have this? No, we can't afford it. So that creates this like mental loop. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. And so how do you transform that? It's belief. You transform the person's belief systems and structures. You're going to transform the way that they think. Transform the way they think because our thoughts influence our feelings so many times. And when we think about behavior, our feelings then influence the behaviors. 95% of our behaviors run at a subconscious level. We're not even aware of that. So that comes back to the idea of thought and belief. You transform the behavior, you transform the day-to-day actions, those stack up and just become habits. So there's this whole kind of going all the way back to the inner person. And over time, this is where if we show up in the social sphere, Mm -hmm. we can provide a message of help and we can provide a message of hope. But one thing that I have found over the years, hope for so many people must come before they're able and willing and able to receive help. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that is a good point. It, it has to be hope, but also, you know, I think coming back to your financial views, this actually frames something different. Cause I want to get into this and bring this back to financial institutions, but, and how they can, I don't want to say train, but it is training. Because if you're changing, like using marketing and change their perception, and you can use AI, I think, to change the perception of how money should be used, you can put them in a much better place. And if you put them in a much better place, they're happier, and they're mm-hmm. going to remember it. That's the ultimate branding, right? Yeah. Is how you make someone feel. Yeah, it's my Angelo. They'll, everyone's color. I'm like, how are you making them feel? It's, it's, like- <laughs> it's interesting you bring up that point, feeling. Because when we look at the profile of a financial brand leader. They're very smart. They're very analytical. They're a left brain driven leader, if you will. But when you go to the external side of people and the way that we make decisions, it's emotive, emotively driven. So that, that's what I wrote about in my first book, Banking on Digital Growth. It's this conflict in the mind, essentially, the banker's mind versus the consumer's mind. And the idea of 
empathy in the age of AI and really two things. I think EQ, absolutely, but also AQ, adaptability quotient. So emotional intelligence and our ability to adapt our own behavior, when you combine those two together, that's greater than IQ and intelligence alone. And you look at emotion and feeling to use your word. I've asked this now hundreds of times to financial brand leaders, please complete the following logical path. I see things differently because of, I think you use the word training. I'll use education. I see things differently because of education. I'm going to think about things differently, right? And they're like, okay, what happens next? 98%, 99% says, I'm going to act different. I'm going to be different. I'm going to do different. I said, really? (laughs) You believe that? And I said, how many times have you received knowledge and you philosophically know that you need to do something different, but you don't do it different? You're like, oh, I haven't thought about that. Between the thought and the action comes down to one thing. And you used it. You said it. It's feeling and emotion. A person's feeling and desire to transform has to be really, I would say, exponentially greater than their desire to remain the same, stuck in the status quo or what I call the cave of complacency. And that right there, if we can lean more into that through our communication patterns, we can transform so many lives from a positive perspective. But if we're only focused on the outcome or the behavior, if we're only focused on the education, and that's where I look at in financial services, this whole new lens of coaching being such a critical piece for human transformation in the age of AI for financial services. Oh, I agree. I, 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 we Because also, I don't want to uh, get so deep into the philosophy, but we're social beings and we've lost the so like the real social aspect. Yes, we have social media, but social media is it's is this random coaching versus intentional coaching. Where that like social, like you know, when you had a social group, a family who had monetary and financial values yeah. that you saw and like you were talking about at seven years old. But if you had a big family like I have, you see a wide birth of it, and you're like, oh, I can see the different options. And it's kind of, it was a coaching, but now that's not there. We have one child families. We're all separated. You bring up a very interesting point because now you're tapping into community. And we have a financial brand that we've been advising for like the last seven years. And they developed a program that was a communal coaching program, basically, that they brought together people and their VP of marketing was facilitating this. And she let off with her money story. And it wasn't a pretty one by any stretch of the imagination. But what it did, it was leaning into that uncomfortable situation of her own personal experience of the past and presenting it for other people to see. Wow. She's just like me. Mm -hmm. I understand where she was. I'm right there now. That's that empathetic piece of the equation. And I think what was super fascinating in a recent workshop that, that I facilitated had all these financial brand leaders. And I said, do you mind if we do something and we've never done this before? 
would you be open to facilitating your relationship with money or would you be open to sharing your relationship with money right now? Yeah. So many financial brand leaders think that, oh, I work in banking. I work at a credit <laughs> union. I, I should be fantastic with my money. And so that creates a bit of an imposter syndrome. So like why, and, and now you're talking about communicating and helping and sharing other people. So if like inside I'm struggling and I'm battling this, like this conflict of, oh, I can't get my financial house in order. How the heck can I go and give advice and help and hope to other people? The opportunity is you transform your own pain into the power to empower someone else. And so we brought people together. They had, they all work in the industry and they had this conversation and no one had ever done anything like this. And so we, it was very, everyone Love gave it. us, do you have permission? Do we have permission? They said, yes. Okay. So we're going to go into breakout rooms and I put it everyone one-on-one in a breakout room because it was all done via zoom and everyone had maybe 10, 12 minutes just to share. And I'll never forget. I was with another VP of marketing at a credit union up North. And what he shared with me, the courage that it took for this individual to unpack what he unpacked. And he never did this before with anyone. And then we came back to the big room. I asked everyone, how did that feel for y'all? They go freeing. (laughs) <laughs> it was a beautiful experience, man. You know, and but that it's interesting because there's a lot to unpack there, but you see this in every industry and yeah. for marketing, right? I work with a lot of marketing agencies and they're always embarrassed about their marketing. And I'm like, but it's really hard to do your own thing from the inside. You can be the best coach in the world and not be the great. You don't have to, Phil Jackson rode the bench, right? He was a good <laughs> basketball player. He was not, the, but he's arguably the best coach that there was in the NBA. Absolutely. And, but, and, but I love what you did there because it's also, those stories are so powerful. That's why we started videocastory.com was because like nothing changes people's minds. Like a story, like, Hey, this person, like you said, Hey, this person's like me. Yeah. And it comes back to community and that community pressure and mimetic desire, wanting to be like someone and creating that emotion. Yeah. But there's such a, <laughs> for some reason, I guess financial institutions think it's all about the money. Right. It's all about the dollar, but the dollar is just an equation of emotion, isn't it? I look at money as emotion, but what is emotion? Emotion is really energy in motion. And so, cause money is an exchange of value and we can go down a really big <laughs> and look at history there. But if we let's just come back to the present moment, what value am I creating? And I think value is way more than just monetary value. I've been thinking about this new perspective in my own mind about what is wealth today. And I think a lot of us would define wealth as money in the bank. But I'm looking at this from a different perspective. Of, I call it the six dimensions of financial well-being. We're not financial well-being, but the six dimensions of well-being. And one of them, of course, is finances, it's financial well-being. Then you have the physical well-being, the emotional or mental well-being, the relational well-being, the professional well-being, and spiritual well-being. But if we come back and look at just the idea of those six different elements, financial well-being, and the impact that has on physical, mental, and emotional, relational perhaps professional gets mixed into some of that as well. This is the higher calling 
And I wrote about this in Banking on Change about why our purpose as a financial brand must be more than just dollars and cents. We have to put the transformation of people over the commoditized transaction. Yes, I agree. That's and it, like to, you, to the point where you said it's like that's every business is going to have to do that, right? Mm. You have to. And so let's bring us back to AI because I think there's a, people are afraid that's going AI is going to do the opposite, but it really can help do exactly that, can it? Absolutely, absolutely. And when we look at the opportunities of AI within financial services, I believe we can take a more proactive stance in people's lives to provide them with guidance, to provide them with recommendations. A lot of financial services right now is reactive. People wait until they have a problem to reach out to the financial brand, where in reality, Financial brands should be reaching out to the people before there is a problem based upon what we're seeing, activity, et cetera, so that AI algorithms can help with that. The other is you're a financial brand leader. You have that knowledge. You have that expertise. Let's unlock that. Let's unlock that. Let's capture that. And then let's go and amplify that out into the public square, i.e. the social worlds, TikTok. Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, because you can really get an exponential multiplier of your own time. This conversation right now, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour of our time, it's going to get cut down. You're going to share it. I'm going to share it. How, and I think about our own podcast. I used to have to hop on a plane and be gone two days to go speak to 500,000 people to do a keynote. Yeah. I have on a podcast. We host a podcast, 30 minutes, you know, thousands of people. It's a different perspective. It comes back to something I touched on earlier. How are we investing our time, which is Mm -hmm. the most precious resource every single one of us has. And so in the age of AI, I think of time as an investment because time really can be exponentially multiplied but only if we come back to transforming our beliefs, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our behaviors, our habits. That's that's the key. We have to transform ourselves first to continue to transform the lives of the people that we're helping as a financial brand. And so how do you coach these financial brands in doing that? Obviously, I think that conversation you have with them, it's like, Think about your money, right? Think about where it is, but how else are you coaching them to transform? What are the keys to that transformation? Getting them to see themselves from a different perspective of the role that they play in the overall narrative of humanity. And what I mean by that, when we look at the historical context of financial brand marketing, it's extremely narcissistic. And I know that can be very off-putting for some people who have not heard that before. Another Hello. workshop I was just facilitating. I was in a one-on-one with the CEO and I said, tell me why. And this was the question for the lar- larger group. And then we went to breakouts. I said, tell me why I should open an account at your financial brand. And he just rattled off this spiel of we have these 
we have good rates and our it's our people and we have all of this fantastic service. And I said, do you mind if I just give you some perspective on that? I said, absolutely. I said, who, do, who, who was the, all of that about? What did you just talk about? He goes, me, myself, my credit union. And I said, what about the pains of people? Yep. And he just, he just stopped. And it was, it, I saw it in his eyes. And I said, here's the thing. And this goes back to really, I was at, I've spoken at 300 plus conferences at this point over the past two decades. And I remember probably it was about around 2010, 2011, 2012 time period. I kept hearing this pattern at these events and these conferences from other speakers. You have to tell a better story. You have to tell a better story. I'm like, that's great. What does that mean? Because I didn't know. I'm like, I agree, but what does that mean practically yeah. applied? And so I went out and spent about two years studying narrative and story structure, Joseph Campbell's work. And really what I found, once again, I'm looking at this through an anthrop anthropological lens, there's, and it's archetypes, there's seven different ways yeah. to tell a story. They all follow a common pattern. Joseph Campbell made life easy for anyone who wants to go down this path. It just, it's the hero's journey, basically. And they're all little modifications of this. And then when you take that idea, if we're talking about ourselves through this light of we're great, we're amazing, we're heroic. And I've heard CEOs say, we want to be someone's hero. And my <laughs> argument to that is, when you're financially stressed or you have financial anxiety, you have a problem, you have pain, you're not looking for a hero. You're looking for something way more important because there can only be two characters in this narrative. There can be the hero and there's the anti-hero. There's Luke Skywalker and there's Darth Vader. There's Johnny from the Cobra Kai and there's Daniel's son. There's a third character, though, that I look at the opportunity once again for financial brand leaders this how they perceive themselves and how they perceive their organizations. And it's to take on the role of the helpful and empathetic guide with no guide. There's no Luke Skywalker with no guide. There's no D Daniel LaRusso. He's still, there's no Cobra Kai for that matter. He's still getting beat up by, by Johnny <laughs> guide. It's the helpful and empathetic guide who walks the journey alongside the hero transform that perspective and really, everything else begins to transform because it's how they view themselves. Back to your point with marketing agencies. We can't see ourselves so many times. We're inside the bottle. And many times we just have someone come out and hold the mirror up and just give us a different perspective of, of A, who we are in the present moment, which is typically informed by our past experiences. But more importantly, B, who can we be going forward into the future? Yep. I, it, yeah, being that guide is so important. And I love what you said about narcissistic. And we've seen that so much where it's, and it's a feature and benefits thing. And when we make it about us page, I say, your about us page is still about them. It's still about them. They don't, they only care how you can help them and, and how you're going to guide them. But that's, it's crucial. And, you know, now I think about it, think about all those AI prompts and all those ways you can train AI to look into these patterns, look into what the problems are and start to solve them. And it's a huge opportunity for institutions because everyone has to go to one. Yeah. Which one's going to be my guide? 
right? We don't have a choice right now. And everyone's not going to be using Bitcoin, contrary to what everyone says. At least it's going to be at least 20 years. This is, <laughs> and I guess that's my hope, particularly for community financial brands. That's who I'm really rooting for because I think so many feel like they're the underdog. They're the David versus Goliath. And you've got three or four big national brands. But it's the community financial brands who stepped up during the COVID crisis for P loans for small businesses. Yep. And it's the community financial brands that are really a commerce conduit at a local community level. Because what do they do? They take deposits from consumers or they take deposits from small business both ways and then they loan them out to small business or they loan them out to consumers everyone grows everyone wins together a rising tide raises all ships but it's how are we showing up and how are we communicating and what are people perceiving about us because i think in the age of ai Trust is still the currency of which we trade in and do business around. Who do I trust? And yep. trust is built upon two things. It's words and actions. And there's a chemistry behind it too. Uh, yeah. Dr. Paul Zach. Have you read his books? He's a great I have guy. not. Yeah. Neuroeconomics. And, oh. Uh, yeah. He's been on a few times. Brilliant stuff. But he, he talks about trust and trust in organizations. And how much there's a chemistry behind them and how we lead up to, but you, to your point, it's trust. And that's yeah. what we saw degraded during COVID. And it's an opportunity to build that up. Not only just during COVID, but with this quote unquote recent bank crisis and these recent failures here in the United States, I was sharing my thoughts on this. We, we don't have, and it was interesting how quiet a lot of community financial brands were about this. Mm -hmm. stuff. And I looked at, there's an opportunity, oh, yeah. raise your voice, let people know that this is not impacting you. You're safe, you're sound. And some CEOs were sharing with me, we don't want to raise alarm. If no one's asking about us, we don't want to bring it. Put it on the radar. <laughs> and I go, how dare you think that no one has an awareness that something is not right because once again, come back, what are they hearing? What are they seeing? What are they perceiving? And it might, it could be the traditional media. It could be social media. There's no getting away from the kind of what's going on at a macro narrative level. And that's where you have to enter into the conversation. And all of this comes down to confidence. And I don't think that we necessarily, there's a confidence crisis. Yes. But more deeply behind the confidence crisis is a communication crisis. Cause if we're not even a part of the narrative, in the, so, in the public square, do we even exist in the minds of people? Yeah. Well, I, I think one of my favorite lines that relates to that is from an American president, but and what's his name that wrote it? Why well, I can't remember his name. Anyways, great playwright, few good men, and wrote that movie. And it's like, people for lack of water will drink the sand because they don't know better. Yeah. And, and that's true. And it's, and if you don't have the message that they accept, and that's where AI is this opportunity. It's like, you can communicate with them at that moment in, a, in every different level and train how we're going to do it because we have to know what's going on in their minds and we have to communicate with them because otherwise it's going to fill in with something else. It's not and, just going to go away. And once again, I think that's where it comes back to people and our differentiator in the age of AI 
is we're going to be hard pressed. We will not beat AI on data crunching. Something you mentioned before, pattern matching. Yeah, we just can't. We do, we do not have the computational power. We are linear thinkers. Where AI technology, that's an exponential multiplier. So that creates a bit of a gap. Yep. What our, I guess, our superpower is, is we are experience makers. We can connect different experiences based upon our own experience and then the experiences of other people. Yep. And that's a very unique proposition that I don't want to lose sight of, which is why unlocking, capturing, and amplifying the expertise of the people inside of a financial brand and then bringing that to the public square, you begin to make human connection, not through written content, but video. Because once again, it's flesh and blood. It, it transforms the trust equation. And I'm very interested to go read the books you were recommending about the chemical piece of this because it's the whole neurology and the neuroscience behind it. But when you, if you think three communication types, you can read something, you can evoke emotion with that, absolutely. You can hear something, you now you have the auditory cue, but then when you bring the video into this, and, the, and you have all of the micro body language. There's so many social cues that are happening subconsciously that we've learned from basically birth that impact and influence. Can I trust you? Do you make me feel safe? Yep. Do you give me hope? It's this video element here that I'm looking at as another opportunity in the age of AI as a leader. It, it's... And I think really, if you look at Steve Jobs and you look at, and I always bring him up, but you look at Steve Jobs, you look at Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, if you really know, read him, he was not trustworthy from a standpoint of his team, from anyone mm -hmm. that was around him. Walt was. Yeah. yeah. But what the reason that we all trust them so much was the mere exposure effect of just seeing their face over, over and, and over. over yep. and hear their voice and you can't resist it. It's a human element. It comes down to this. It's, it's one of the, I call them, I call it, make sure you have your tea daily and ask yourself these questions. What are you investing your time in? How are you spending your energy? Once your energy is gone, you got to go back and recharge. Yep. And then what are you paying attention to? Our attention. And I love what Dan Sullivan says on the subject. Attention is our property. And are we even aware that we're giving that away. And I tell my team all the time, we get, we must be so grateful, truly grateful for the people that listen to the podcast and watch the videos and put the content out. We, they have gifted us the most precious gift. They've gifted us their time. They've gifted us their attention. And we must honor that because in this world full of noise, literally a billion other things that they could be doing. But for whatever reason, we got the gift of time and attention from them and we must honor and respect that. Honor, Yeah, because it's not, I love that because it's not just grabbing the attention. Like Gary Vee talks about it and a lot of people talk about grabbing attention, which I think is important. Yeah. And I think that's even more important, honoring the attention. 
right? Yes. You, you grab their attention, then you're like, blah, 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 financial jargon. Or mm. you can <laughs> throw your conversation into ChatGPT and say, hey, can you make this more accessible? This is my who my ideal audience is. <laughs> and, this com- and this comes all the way back. It comes full circle now of how are we perceiving ourselves? Are we looking at ourselves as a truly a helpful and empathetic guide to help other people, to pour ourselves into them, if, even if we might not ever see them, even if we might not ever know them, but to make a positive impact that will reverberate and echo at an exponential rate? Or are we just, I only want to talk to people who want to buy something right now. Yeah. And I think Joe Polish says this best. He says, life gives to the giver. And Mm -hmm. there's no better time than now to continuously pour into other people through these technology mediums to give far more than we'll ever receive back. I'm going to have to argue with there there, because I think Zig Ziglar said it best when he said, Kim, anything you want in life, as you, as long as you get enough people, what they want. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Our I know. Growth, I'm just kidding. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, our growth, we, our growth is a result of the other people that we're helping around us. Yep. But this is the idea because before we could only impact a smaller sphere. But now because of the exponentiality of technology and even ai like i literally i had dinner with someone last night they flew into houston they were wanting to do some possible business and my wife and i we took them to dinner and someone else joined as well from his team and he had read the book she had not read the book and she was very honest she said, i want, want to be just i haven't read your book yet it's like it's okay these are my feelings but you know what she said her ceo literally loaded the entire book into chat GPT and summarized it so that she could get an insight into kind of what the overall book was. That's just continue. Once again, it's how we think our thoughts are what are going to create the greatest value going forward in this age of AI. I'm very concerned for people who associate their self-worth and value with what they do. Because we're so much more than what we do. We're not human doers. We are human beings. And the doing has the greatest potential to become commoditized in the age of AI. And so, Mm -hmm. therefore, we must continuously make space and time to review what we have done, learn through those experiences, and then really think, critically think about how we can do, how we can even be even that much better going forward into the next iteration. Yes. That's something we got to start thinking about on a constant basis Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, you know, otherwise that's the danger of AI is mm-hmm. that you, you think it's going to take something away from you instead of what is it going to give to you and give to other people? That's exactly right. And what, and from a human perspective, what are we going to have to let go to grow? What are we going to have to like let go in our minds that this activity, this behavior, this habit, this thought, this belief, it no longer can serve us. It got us to this point. 
easy to talk about exponentially harder than to, to apply <laughs> this. And I would be the first one to lean in and say, I struggle with some of this. I struggle with letting go of some things because for some reason I have a, I've have an emotional attachment to whatever that thing is, but I know that for me to reach my next state of growth, I got to let go to grow. You know, I think that's a great place to end this. This has been fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about your business, financial institutions, credit unions, how, what's the best way to engage you if they're ready to make these changes to adapt, ready to listen to you. You've got an amazing podcast. Tell me a little bit about that. I'd say the easiest thing, get the book, Banking on Digital Growth, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere books are sold. Second thing, podcast, Banking on Digital Growth podcast, YouTube, there's a lot to learn there. And then most connect with me. I'm a human. I'm not a bot. <laughs> I hope connect so. with me on LinkedIn. And yeah. that's the best way to just say hello and yeah. just connect with me. That's great. That is great. Yeah. We'll put all links to all this in the show notes. That's where we connect on LinkedIn. Comment yeah. on a similar post. I'm like, I like what you're saying. Come on the podcast. Let's Thank talk you. about this. But this has been fantastic. James Robert Lay, author of Banking on Digital Growth. We'll put a link to all of this in the show notes. Digital, The Digital Growth Institute, his Twitter, his LinkedIn, his book. James, thanks so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, and I wish you nothing but the best, buddy. You too, you too. And thank you all for taking James and I on your journey. It's been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 